Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have David Weck. And if you don't know who this guy is, please go to Instagram, look up at the David Weck and find out, because this guy is on another level, and I believe that he's going to change the definition of athleticism as we know it. So I'm just going to jump right into this podcast, because it is epic on another level. So buckle up, because here we go. give you a little bit of my background on how I found you and then we can get a little bit of background on where you came from because you seemingly kind of came from out of nowhere really but I'm sure you're one of those people who's like you know an over 10 year overnight success so uh, you know I found you uh, I've been on a mission of exploratory movement for the last three years and you know I've been following DJ Murakami and um, uh, Chris Chamberlain and then all of a sudden you enter the picture and I'm like what's this guy doing and then I start looking at everything that you're doing and I'm like wow I'm gonna try that and then I try it and it's just this unique just concept of stuff that I can tell that you've been unpacking for a very long time so let's um Let's get a little bit of a background on you and how you started in the industry. Okay, so basically um, the two factors, the two principal factors that gave me um, sort of, uh, I guess, put me on this path were one, athletic inadequacy, and two, uh, extreme competitive drive, as competitive as anybody else. So that combination meant that I would never – live the dream of being in the NFL as a player at the highest level. And football was my greatest passion. I loved it so much with the, and I, and I have an intensity about me that goes extreme. Um, so, you know, everything I do is so far extreme by, you know, standard measures that it's okay. This guy's so intense. Uh, so that, was was that I played football up through college division three at Williams College and it was that great moment when it's like um all right what am I going to do with my life now that I'm 22 and there's nothing after senior year that's just preordained and there's no more football so I considered okay well I could go to France and play for 500 bucks a week and coach without insurance man I don't want to do that I could be a coach, but then I'd be in life and I'd pick up and move and pick up and move and pick up and move if I was interested in climbing the ladder. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I applied with Bill Belichick and he sent me you know, a psychological profile thing. And then I decided, well, all right, coaching's not going to be my path, right? I just didn't want that nomadic existence. Uh, and Bill Belichick happened to go to Wesleyan College, which is sort of a sister school to Williams College. 
So, um, you know, the, the brains coming out of division three can be very, very, um, very high level because, and we don't have the ability to take the physical prowess to the next level. So we have to do it with the brains. Um, and then I pursued acting through just the existential crisis of sort of self therapy, all the angst and such that I was a type A person who, you know, had to win and I just bottled it up and, you know, dealt with the pressure and, you know, got drunk every weekend since I was 13, just to vent it. Um, so alcohol was my sort of release at the end of the week that allowed me to, you know, bottle it up and pressure cook that sucker, you know, to honor grades and, you know, just, you know, the winner that I had to be. So I, I dove into acting. So I had worked on Wall Street the summer before senior year. And I was like, okay, nope, that's not me. I'm not going to go make the money. I'm going to become an actor. You know, go for the big one. Uh, auditioned 4,000 times when you include the commercials. Got, you know, you get a thick skin where you get rejected so many times. I had the close calls for movie roles that you have seen, you know, and thank God I didn't land anything because would, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, which is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then in 1998, I injured my back. And it was a year of chronic pain. I had been rollerblading straight for six years without, literally without walking out of doors in shoes. So I lived in skates. I lived in them because the effortless power of just gliding and floating through New York City was just so seductive that walking became like, ah, I hated it because it's so slow. Mm -hmm. And you just float on your skates. But the result was my feet got extremely weak. I had no idea that that was the fundamental problem was that, you know, I couldn't resolve force to the ground through my feet and there was upward compensation and I injured my back and it was a year of chronic pain and I was burning the candle at both ends and just, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. to train people and going to bed at 1 a.m. living the life of an actor. Um, and it was at the 11th hour there where I discovered the stability ball and started training with that to some avail, started standing on the thing. I'd seen uh, Paul Check standing on the thing. And so I tried it and it, you know, unbeknownst to me, it started training my feet. Mm -hmm. And that was really the pivotal key, but the risk was so high. And I had tried both ends of the spectrum, both a, a, an aggressive jump on the ball, jump from one ball to another where you fail, but you're prepared to fall. And then the Feldenkrais minimalist approach where you're really trying to put forth the least amount of effort so that you're able to discern the gradations of force and tension to find the efficiency. And when you fall, closing your eyes, tilting your head back in that regard, you're defenseless. And I fell, that was extremely scary. I started kicking my feet reflective, reflexively to make sure that I could in, in fact still do that. And it was that night pondering the dilemma of how do I keep this training going because I'm getting better. And it was, what if I cut the ball in half? And in the, it was a nanosecond later that I was like, cha-ching, that's my money. I'm going to be rich. So I pursued that with, a, you know, with an intensity that you know, is just indicative of what I always do. Got it off into the ground, and then I licensed it so that I could pursue my education. And so I've literally had, you know, more than 40,000 hours of intense education. And when I moved to the West Coast, I, um, I discovered marijuana instead of alcohol. So the alcohol became too tough on my body. Uh, and, and the East Coast, I sort of was raised in a sort of an era where you were a burnout and a druggie if you did pot. You know, you were not motivated. You weren't going to win. You were a loser. 
if you did pot. And then I came out to West Coast and I started meeting successful people. Like, oh yeah, I smoke at night, you know, da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I started to dabble in it and it very quickly became so enticing for me because it energized me. So it was electrifying and it also gave me a, a, a super, super sense of keen, I could feel everything. So I could feel, you know, if the fly lands on your body, you know, the whole body goes into motion kind of Taiji feeling. And so I started studying the martial art and I had all the time in the world. So I started manipulating the objects, the staff, the stick and the ropes. And it was through that, that I ingrained the muscle memory of the figure eights that were so integrated and so communicating throughout my entire body. I recognized, okay, well this, this is for real. Like I can, you know, I can do real well in, in sort of the push hands competition where you're, where you're trying to win with skill and not overpower somebody, but become invisible because they can't find your center and connect to it. So you just always sort of, you know, turn, deflect, roll. And so, Literally, they, you know, they, 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 if they're trying to push you, they push into nothing because you're always just, you, you yield, you neutralize, and then you issue. And so, so you, you join, stick, follow, don't resist, don't insist. And so I became very, very good at playing up top. I suck on the ground. If you kick me in the shins, I'll cry. But um, if, you know, and, my, and I made my hands and my arms into like sticks. So... Yeah. I have bone crushing punching ability um, and I'm very, very good up top. I mean, a trained fighter will beat me, but unless they're a trained fighter, I'm going to be okay. So, and then, oh, and then the last thing, what I did was once, when I invented the Bosu ball, I recognized, okay, this is my financial opportunity, right? You know, and it was back in the 2000s when everybody was, you know, a day trader because the stock market was doubling all that stuff. So, the idea of being rich and the money and the fast money was just in the air. So I was like, okay, I get this thing in the ground and I license it. And then I got mailbox money. And so rather than build the empire myself selling, you know, a fitness product with conventional, you know, exercise programming, I was like, okay, well I'll let my licensee sell the exercise product with the conventional exercise programming and I'll focus on what's next. And it was an investment that paid off. Um, and I lost my mind three times in the process. I mean, it was, you know, I almost didn't make it. So, um, but I set my intentions correctly at the beginning. I said, I am going to be the world's most expert in balance. Balance defined as coordination measured by locomotion, which is the universal foundation for functional fitness. And you can think of locomotion in its broadest terms as just moving, right? Moving your mass from here to there, however you do it. An upright bipedal just tends to dominate our strategy because of its efficiency. And so I could measure my progress with the clock. So I had absolutely 100% objectivity in in the assessment of how I was doing. So... And there was no rules for me. I didn't have any deliverables due. So it wasn't like I had to go into the strength room and pretend to be, you know, okay, we're doing five sets of these. Okay, you do these. Okay, you know, I didn't have to go to the, you know, to the seminar. I could go study Chinese medicine and I could go fly to China and I could get direct transmission from the second level or the first students of the masters like Chang Man Chin 
uh, like Feldenkrais, like Ida Rolf, through their first disciples who were able to give me the transmission of touch. So I know things that, you know, your average strength coach hasn't even the foggiest notion. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's the that's, story. Yeah. That's so interesting. So then, so that's something that I recognized immediately uh, just from my time as a mixed martial artist and uh, uh, jujitsu is, you know, you, the way that like your limit force elastics, let's talk about that first. So the, you know, the, that's what I first saw uh, Chris Chamberlain doing was the limit force elastics where essentially it's like a judo throw. So you, you brace, you're grabbing one side of the band and then you're pushing the other side of the band as you're getting essentially ready to throw a human body over your leg and through the air. And so, but then just creating that so much the tension in that kind of crunched position was just really fascinating to me, but also um, really intuitive, just like I said, from my martial arts experience. So like from what you're explaining with your background, a lot of what you're explaining makes sense. And yeah, so let's talk about limit force elastics first and just kind of explain what that is yep. and how you just, how you um, figured out like a methodology behind that. Okay. So, so first of all, two, two comments uh, initially on that. So you use the word brace and the word crunched. And so brace is not the correct terminology because we're not really bracing. What we're doing is we're cold. So the intention is always to spiral to the infinite, to the infinite concentration of the coil of the spiral. So right. it's, it's, it's never, it's never still, it's never braced. Okay. So, okay. so the intention has to be movement to the infinitesimally small and that center of the wheel sends the outer wheel the most powerful. Okay. So that's, yeah, so that's right. interesting. So, and then, that's, and then, that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about because, yeah. you know, after the martial arts, I went into uh, CrossFit and then, you know, uh, as I was in CrossFit, I went to massage school and then my continuing education outside of that pointed me towards um, the dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, which is, you know, just, it's all bracing and rigid spine. And, you know, my, my, movement practice has evolved into, uh, you know, essentially coiling, which is what you're talking about right now. And it's just a, it's a, it's a, just such a fascinating concept. So please continue. Yeah. Okay. And then the other word was crunched. And obviously that just, you translate that to coil. Basically the coiling core concept is based in the, 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 let's look at it from the skeletal structure because it's the bones that are really the important movers of the body. So without the bones, there's, there's no leverage, there's nothing. So, and we stem from the vertebrae track of evolution. And it all stems from, you know, these little amoeba organisms buoyant in water, just side bending in the frontal plane, the mechanical stretch of which, stress of which resulted in this segmented spinal cord just because of the mechanical stress and just, you know, the calcification or whatever of, you know, the different nutrients in the thing or whatever. And it was motility. It's getting from here to there or there to here, right? Wherever. And right. you had another, an, another strategy would be like a jellyfish where you just sort of let, let the tide take you and you have a biochemical, you know, offense and defense. Whereas we tend to have, you know, okay, a mouth, 
teeth and the digestive tract that way. So you got to move toward those things that you can consume and away from those things that can consume you. And, and so that's where it started. And once it starts, that's the mainframe. Like you don't get to just, you know, you don't get to just invent whatever it is you want. You're built on that vertebral column that is buoyant in water that requires just the frontal plane flexion, the Piscean strategy. All right. And so then once, and this is all theory of evolution. I don't like for me, I don't care. Like it, let's say God did it in six days and rested on the seventh. I don't care. Like just tell yourself whatever story it is you need to tell yourself to sort of pull a logical thread through it. So you can glean some insight that creates results and okay. And then whatever the boat got you across the river. If it's something else, I don't care. I got the result that I'm after. Okay. So and that way you can just throw out all dogma beliefs and such and just measure with objectivity, which is the point, right? right? That's all I care about. I don't care about the result. If it's little green fairies that make me run faster and I run faster, well, okay. doesn't matter. Right? So then pulling this evolutionary thread through now the creatures come out of the water, the amphibians that are sort of slithering in the mud and the reptiles that, you know, get to higher ground. And now you have the burden of propping yourself up because you can't just wiggle side to side, but you still advance yourself with the greatest economy on land by side bending, because then whichever side you bend to the other the other forelimb makes progress with no effort. And now the effort comes where you got to sort of prop it up to, to get the other side to bend. And, then, you know, okay, well, that becomes a contralateral, you know, propping so that, you know, right, right forelimb, left, you know, hind limb props up to make the other side, you know, make progress. And that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and if you don't do it that way, well, then, you know, your seed doesn't, spawn the next generation the darwinian right. fitness takes care of you if you're a mike boyle brace the core amphibian yeah. and i and i use mike boyle as the foil here and so we're going to talk about him we're going to talk about the strategy of what i'm doing okay right. so, so that's and, yeah, yeah so that's the school of thought that well yeah we'll get I, to that right that i have come from and kind yes. of evolved into where you're at now which is yes. Yes. essentially well, just yeah creating variance which is you know the the and variance to me is as many solutions that you can give your brain to movement problems well okay but well but now again that's the quantitative approach now what we do is we go after the qualitative approach where we boil it down to the single most important factor that serves all things yeah right? so the way you get to the infinite is you go to the infinitesimal and that serves the infinite it's yin yang right? It's quantum, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, and we'll get all to this, right? So your yeah. audience is smart. So right. we're going to, we're going to give them smart. Yeah. Right? We're going to keep it. We're going to keep it simple, smart, right? right. We're not like going to keep it simple, stupid, no right. more. So, <laughs> so anyway, back, back to the story. Now, once, once these creatures sort of, you know, get to the, to the upright position through, you know, sort of climbing using the vertical, the vertical branches or trunks of the trees essentially is how you do it. You know, it's the cliff, I guess, or the tree and the tree is sanctuary. The tree is resources. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of things. And what it does is it creates the polarity that spawns an upper and a lower, right? So if you just lay flat, you're not consuming calories. You let the sun heat you up, you know, you can go a month without eating and then a cricket goes by and you pounce on it super quick and 
okay, then paleo diet, sit on a hot rock. Okay, there you go, done. And once you go to vertical though, now you start to have this, the, the pumping and, you know, sort of the cerebrospinal fluids that, that now have to get, you know, from the tail to the top and back again, as opposed to just sort of, okay, not as much motivation to, to uh, I don't know, to discern the difference, essentially. And so once you have, and there's something very special about this potentiation with gravity. So the, the reptilian uh, evolutionary sort of impetus was, was these horizontal limbs that come out from the sides and the mammals, you know, that, that prop themselves up, potentiate with more gravitational potential that you can drop into it. And the mongoose is gonna beat the snake. The mongoose is more three-dimensional, right? And so basically what happens is once you get to a vertical polarity, there's this magic unification with you know, heaven and earth all of a sudden where, okay, we're gonna, we have to keep the mainframe, the lizard brain, because that's the stuff that keeps you alive in the here and now moment to moment survival that's all automatic, right? You know, you're born with it. And if you're not, well, then you don't make it. But now you start to, the curiosity, right? The, the oh, what, what else is possible once I've made this effortless power possible, right? And so I, I think that spawns the, the impetus for, okay, well, what's, get to higher and higher ground. Like, what can I see from the top of the tree, right? And so you have this special sort of motivation to, to want more. And an organism that starts to want things, not just need things, will never stop wanting more if it can attain more. And if it can't attain more, well, then it either has to learn to live with less or not more, or it needs to you know, work its way around the, the, the barrier to get to more. <laughs> it's just pretty right. simple, right? Yeah. So some kids are spoiled because they got what they wanted every second. Other kids aren't because they had to deal with the fact they weren't going to get what they wanted. Right. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, then you come down from the trees and now you need sticks and stones. And so without the sticks and the stones, you can't traverse the land to see what's beyond. Okay. So you got to see from the top of the tree, but again, the horizon line is defined. So if you want to go beyond that, now, and you're going to do it in this efficient way where you've, you sort of said, okay, we're going to completely differentiate the role of the hands and the feet, like a hundred percent differentiate them. We're no longer going to try to even grab onto things with our feet. The grabbing reflex is vestigial and it's actually counterproductive to locomotion upright bipedal. If you grab your toes, anybody can stand up right now, squeeze your toes in a grab and try to walk around. You, you need the toes to be long and strong, not not yonder short foot nonsense, right? right? It doesn't help locomotion. So it actually hinders locomotion if you know what you're doing. So basically the sticks and the stones are what gives you this greater coverage and it, it attenuates certain movement patterns as well. You can't swing your arms if you're carrying a functional stick or a stick of functional length. You can't swing your arms 90-90 cheek to cheek. Um, you certainly don't brace your core because now you're not honoring your ancestors, the fish, right? <clears throat> Who don't have any feelings, but um, know how to move, right? Yeah. Um, and you're not balanced fundamentally, head in the middle. <clears throat> Anybody can stand up and, you know, just keep your head in the middle with your, with your spine braced neutral and lift one leg, 
like, okay, put your feet together and lift one leg. I mean, if you're, if you're on the inside edge at the center line, you're still off balance right. on one leg. Can't sustain the position for a second, not even a microsecond. So basically, um, this, this gets us to essentially here and now, and you add ropes, which ties everything together. That leverages the power of the sticks and the stones. And then you have fire. And from that fundamental four, you have iPhones and the singularity that we are approaching. When the machine has the computational power of the human brain, but it can do it all in parallel and not in series, sucking it through a straw. Right. So, and once that happens, now consciousness, the survival or you know, disappearance of consciousness is what hangs in the balance. Yeah. And, so, and, and this is where I go to because I'm not a fitness guy, right? I think fitness is boring. I think, you know, rah, rah, do another push up. I just, I hate it. I yeah. think it's, I think it's stupid. I think it doesn't honor our ancestors because now you're sort of just being a dummy um, <laughs> in terms of how you move because you're not, you, you've missed the point and yeah. you're sort of going after a prize without getting the real prize, which is the physical education to do things well. So I hate, I hate fitness and I, you know, I, and I had to, I was in fitness where, yeah. where you see people dancing around with silly pieces of plastic that, you know, are, are put out by people who only want to make money. They could care less about anything else. And they don't know the difference between something that has utility and it doesn't. So I understand the backlash against the BOSU ball because of, you know, the, the manner in which some people have seen it. Right. But um, I, I would also say that, you know, I don't stand for that nonsense. Right? right. And so there's not a, and because I am now the board, because I figured that out, I know the mathematics of movement and that the mathematics of movement are qualitative, not quantitative. So what happens is it still is an accumulation of an ever expanding aggregation of the factors. But what you do is you just reduce everything down to the single integer. So, right. and then you end up with these repeat, this repeating sequence where if you keep on doubling something quantitatively, that's what our machines are doing. And that's why they're going to be smarter than us. And we have to successfully meet the machine and marry the machine in a, in a manner that, that is to God's glory, which keeps the dream alive, right. or at least some iteration of the dream alive. Because perfect, Groundhog Day, always the same. I never, I, I'm never surprised is that would be sheer hell if there's no beginning and no end to that, right? Eternity. Right. So God wants good stories is my, is my way of looking at it. But from a, quanti from a qualitative standpoint, you still double it, yeah. right? And you keep on doubling. You never stop doubling it. But now the one becomes the two, the two becomes the four, the four becomes the eight. But now the eight becomes the seven because it's a one and a six. Right. And you just reduce it by adding. Okay, and now, now that seven becomes the five because you just add it and reduce it. So 14 turns into five and then the five doubles and it becomes the one. And so now you're left with this vortex pattern that are the material numbers, the material integers. And then you have the esoteric or energetic numbers, which is the three, the six and the nine. And this is something uh, that was sort of codified by a guy named Marco Rodin. Uh, it's called vortex math. And if you look at even the construct of a circle, it's a construct because a circle is two dimensional. And so that 
that doesn't exist in the game that God gave us. It's a construct. And because it doesn't exist, where and when can never be precisely the same. So the when will always be different when the where is the same. And what that means is it's a spiral dynamic. It's not a circle because a circle, you cannot, you cannot, uh, it, they call pi an irrational number because you can't reconcile the diameter with the circumference. So it's 3.141592 and on and on and on and on and on. And there's not a repeating pattern like there is when you divide 22 by seven, which is the closest approximation in terms of using the whole numbers to pi. And what, what that does is that yields just a different repeating sequence of the one, two, four, eight, seven, five. Right. And this is all gobbledygook for most people. But, <laughs> but you see, I've, I've gone so far into these numbers and then related it to form, right? right. Because the DNA, right? It's just, you know, it's the coding, the four, right? And so it's, it's the code and that's the double helix spiral that creates, you know, oh, well, the, you know, the, even the muscle cells themselves, the actin of myosin, it spirals. It's, it's not some just straight line. So yeah. there's, a, there's a spiral dynamic inherent in all things. And no matter how it's fractal, no matter how small you go, you just keep on going. It's, it's, it's a repeating pattern. Yeah. And no matter how big you go, it's a repeating pattern. And so once you can tie into that and put, understand how to quote unquote square the circle, which is, you know, now we're finding out that, you know, 130,000 years ago, there was, you know, advanced civilizations in the Americas because Graham Hancock is, you know, had the balls to, to, to postulate it, you know, and, and be just ridiculed um, um, mercilessly by the establishment. And see, and with the exercise establishment, nobody's got the balls to ridicule me because you can't ridicule me. Yeah. Because I'm immune to ridicule, ridicule because you can call me crazy and I say, all right, well, okay, <laughs> tell me something I don't know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Of course I'm crazy. Well, <laughs> you know just, I mean? It's just, it's all, it's, people say that because you're different, right? And you're thinking, you're obviously thinking on a completely different level than most people are because, so this has been something that I've been really contemplating over the last like two weeks is like the comfort zone and getting people out of that comfort zone. And so there's certain people like you that are just like, I don't even have a fucking comfort zone. I'm just going, you know what well, I mean? And the, just... reason, and, and, and the reason, I mean, it's financial wherewithal, right? The, che the check is in the mail. The check has been in the mail for nearly 20 years now. So it, I don't have the same burden of having to play by certain rules because I, I can have, there will be a negative financial outcome. Right. right? So, I mean, you know, you can't hole up in some, you know, crazy mansion estate in San Diego for four years that looks like The Shining and, and consume, you know, one, two, three thousand dollars of THC a week for yeah. four years. You know, just, you know, a madman in your underwear, you know, just exploring, walking a circle for four hours, eight steps into a circle, discovering the spiral, right? right. Discovering the coil because most people got to go to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just, and so, and, and that led to a lot of difficulty, but it also is what provided the fruit, the concentrated, you know, carbon that took the coal and compressed it into the diamond. That's, right. that's what it took. And it was the fine and God bless the USA. 
Because think about it. Like if you're born into some caste where you cannot change your lot in life, no matter what merits or deeds or, or anything you are able to contribute to the world, then like, where's the motivation? Where's the incentive? And then once you ring the bell with a grand slam home run, that's the BOSU ball. Well, okay. The, the bills are all paid. Yeah. You know, and you can, and you can afford to drop a grand on pot every week or more. Right. Think think about that. Think about this. Just, you know, put yourself in a regular person's shoes. Can you, can you afford 50, 70 K a year on pot? No. You know what I mean? Do you have the time to consume it? (laughs) That's like like where, that's where uh, most people are struggling, trying to just make a living to get to that fifth year. Yes. Yeah. That's more than most people make in a year. Right. Going to something that for me, for me had a very, and I'm not, and I don't like, I'm, I think I'm pretty libertarian um, in my bent. So I'm not one of these holier than thou guys or something, but I'm also realistic in the sense that, you know, pot is different for everybody. And, you know, there's a, there's a time for it and there's a time not for it. You know, I don't want, you know, a 10 year old, you know, a 12 year old doing it. Right. I think, you know, the brain hasn't, what happens with pot, I think in general is it, it creates a very myopic view and you become fascinated with whatever it is ha- has come into that prism that is this myopic focus on it. So it's right. great for musicians. It's great for basketball players. It's great for the flow because that's all you want to do for the next, you know, six hours. Yeah. Jam, jam and flow with the guitar. You know what I mean? So, and yeah. you know, without that, okay, well you, you know, it's a performance enhancing drug, you know, snowboarders and stuff where you got to feel this stuff and, jujitsu where you want to feel it. I mean, it can right. be very, very useful for those things, but there's a cost. Yeah. And so the cost is that sort of razor sharp ability to deal with, you know, you know, the, the here and now to go right. out and, you know, compete and make money, you know, like you could play basketball stone, but you can't play baseball stone. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause baseball's so razor sharp, you know, hot edge knife of like, you know, we're dealing with these microseconds. Whereas basketball, it's like you feel it. You don't got to look at the ball when you dribble it. Yeah. You know? These NBA guys could close their eyes and make the shot. Right. And then right? So, once yeah. you set it up, right? Yeah. Like going back to the comfort zone thing, like I started the CrossFit back in uh, 2010. And then here I am nine years later being like, what is this? What are we even doing? Like, what's a, what are we doing? And well, so like yeah. I... I th- basically what you were talking about with fitness is exactly how I'm feeling. And so what, where I am compared to where you are is you've had a lot of time to, to formulate these ideas of what, like, so basically what you're saying is athleticism, right? So yeah, I think, well, yes, it, it, yeah. it's actualization of your full <clears throat> potential. And so what make, what gives me the ultimate ACE that does the Royal flush is I don't care what you do. You do CrossFit, Give me, give me, give me 10 minutes with you. I'll make you better at what you do at CrossFit. Coiling right. core. That's the, that's the universal foundation because it's the distilled essence of locomotive rotation. Right. So, so I can stand with full authority and, and say, okay, I am the king of locomotion. You are playing on my board that I defined and I have reinvented running. I haven't just identified what it takes to do it optimally. I have reinvented new methods and technology to enhance it beyond where any human being has ever done before from Adam and Eve to now, there's never been a biomechanist like me. 
And yeah. I can say that without blinking my eye because it's true. Yeah. And it's so bold and audacious that, you know, people, people it, they love to hate it, but it's so compelling when it keeps on going. So yeah. Conor McGregor could sell a big, big, big fight because he was great at the press conference talking the, you know, talking the, I won't swear, but, you know, yeah. talking it up, right? Yep. And as long as he was backing it up, well, now you just command more money for the next one. Right. And, and half <clears> the people are paying to see you lose, or probably more because, you know, they hate you. They hated Muhammad Ali at first. Cassius Clay, yep. loudmouth. Like, I want to see Liston kick his loudmouth, you know, shut him up yep. until, and he was saying he was the greatest. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? So, yep. okay, Floyd Mayweather. I wanted to see Floyd lose his entire career. When Shane Mosley hit him in the second round in 2010, that's when I discovered the core fist because all yep. that locomotive winding and whipping went right to a martial position because I thought I was going to see Floyd get his knocked out. Yeah. I was excited for that. Now, okay, fast forward to now. Now I'm glad he didn't lose. Yep. You know what I mean? So, so what's happening is now I'm playing the system, right? I didn't make the rules of the game. I'm just playing to win, and I will win. I know right. this. So I'm being as bold as can be because people hate it. People love it. But people don't tend to be indifferent about it. And so that's, that's, that's sort of the – you know, what I'm doing is I'm exploiting the circumstances of our time. We have this social media, we have this immediacy, we have, you know, people love human drama, they love to see a fight. And so what I do is I just go, and now Mike Boyle has turned into the foil because he's the guy who has arguably the greatest amount of influence over any other human being in, in, in terms of the direction of what is branded functional training. Yeah. So, you know, first you had, okay, well, Gary Gray is the godfather of functional training. And then, you know, oh, well, Vern Gambetta is sort of, you know, the co, uh, you, know, uh, fa you know, founding father. And then Perform Better had Juan Carlos Santana as, you know, they, he was the superstar for a time. And after Juan Carlos Santana, um, it, it sort of, it, it, it was distributed amongst a, a group of people. There was no longer like a singular superstar. It was, okay, boom, boom, boom. And so Mike Boyle emerged as sort of the top dog in this cabal of, you know, this incestuous little circle of people who had commandeered the brand of functional training because they were with Perform Better and Perform Better put on the best education. And, you know, the joke was back in the day that power systems in the booth back in 2002 and 2001 and 2000 when I was, you know, first selling the BOSU ball, the joke was that if you go to – the power systems booth, the guy's just back from a cigarette break. And if you go to the, the perform better, he's just done, you know, he's just done doing a bunch of push-ups or something. Right. Yeah. And so what happened was, and, and, and so what happened was that, you know, and I don't even know Mike Boyle's exact history, but you know, from what I've heard, it was sort of like a failed powerlifting career, you know, breaks his body powerlifting I don't think he probably ever won anything, which is a complete failure. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make history and go down as the victor, maybe it is worth you know busting your back because now you can look back on the glory. But you know, to not win and break yourself, well, okay. And so now you sort of 
bring that bias, you're under pressure to deliver right now because you've been employed by a professional team, you know, whoever, the Boston Bruins or whatever, you cannot, you, you, alpha males can, can scent it out any kind of doubt, right? Uh, you have to, if you're dealing with alpha, <clears throat> alpha males, you got to go into that weight room and you got to have full authority and they will sense the, they will sense fear, right? So you have to put it on. You got to believe what it is you're doing. And to his credit, throughout his career, he has a, a track record of saying, okay, well, what I taught you last year is not what I'm teaching you this year because I wasn't correct last year. So throw that out and listen to me now, right? So, but and, and, and instability became this hot topic. And when I launched the BOSU ball, we were at the crest of this instability. We were at the absolute pinnacle of instability. It was like this tidal wave. It was like the BOSU ball was Laird Hamilton on a 60 foot wave. And it was so relatively easy for me to, to sell it into the top ranks and then leverage that to present it to the fitness community where whereby people could jump around on it sweat and you know get exercise but with it with an unbeknownst benefit that was underneath it that i understood but you couldn't sell it which is the fundamental down regulation of your protective threat balance reflex because now you're on a stable unstable that you know you, your body's dealing with a different proprioceptive reality that's three-dimensional, not perfectly pristinely flat, which is what you are every other moment of your day, unless you, you know, go for a hike on the weekends. You know, we're exposed to perfectly flat all the time because the wheels of commerce don't roll on anything but flat. So right. we need flat, right? <clears throat> Try to go through the airport on a bumpy, lumpy thing. I mean, you can, you're not going to roll your suitcase too well. So and, and the train tracks are what keeps things on time, right? You need to be where and when you need to be in order to, to aggregate and create, create sort of the, the aggregating growth and leverage that creates this technology and the advancement of society at the cost of our biomechanics, which the brain power and resources have always gone to relieving ourselves of the burden of moving ourselves. I don't want to walk to the office. I want to get in the car and I want to go, right? Right. So, it, it, you know, and they say riding a bicycle is more efficient than the condor flying in the air. Who's the most efficient, right? In terms of calories burned, in terms of coverage, you know, distance traveled. So, and I know I'm talking fast, but I think your audience can hang with this conversation because this is all the setup and it creates the context so people can understand what the hell I'm doing, yeah. why I'm doing it, how I'm doing it, and why it is the key to changing the world in terms of taking care of the one fundamental leg of the triangle, which is the body. Okay, so we get the body, we have the mind, we have the spirit. You have the three most important things that contribute to the overall health and well-being of the individual, which is the thoughts in your head, how you think and your attitude, right? That is the most important thing there is. Right. And then the nutrition that you take in, what, you know, what it is that feeds you, the air, the water, the food. And then it is how you move. That's it. That's it. And then it's a genetic lottery <laughs> or, yep. you know, hit, hit by a bus or you don't, I don't know. But so that's all, I boil it down to that simplicity. And so what happened was the, everybody in that perform better uh, community was very, very pro BOSU ball, extremely pro BOSU ball, 
like so pro Bosu ball that it was easy for me to get the foothold to make it a ubiquitous product that is literally millions and millions and millions of them all around the world still being used today. So it's a very unique fitness product because it's the, the grand slam that keeps on rounding the bases. It's not an ab lounge that, you know, hit the, hit the moon and then disappeared. It's not P90X that hit the moon and then disappeared. Right. Because at the end of the day, what is P90X muscle confusion? I mean, what, that's the stupidest branding ever in today's environment, but it worked when it was, you know, it worked when it was presented. And then insanity, like really? Yeah, <laughs> Jump bit. up and down and wave your arms as fast as you can with no regard for the quality well, taught by a super athlete who does it well to a bunch of people who bought it and won't do it after two weeks anyway. Yeah, it's all I game, mean, right? That's, Fitness that's, is a bullshit industry. Fitness yeah, that's, is a bullshit industry. That's where I was with uh, it. With You're CrossFit selling it as well. Yeah. So, like, well, and it's, well, here's CrossFit. CrossFit came around right at the time Bosu was launching is when CrossFit, we're talking 99, 2000 is when they both emerged. Yeah. And CrossFit, CrossFit came at a time where there was such utter disdain and contempt for the nonsense of jumping around, not getting stronger and not really being more fit necessarily. You know, the teacher, the poor aerobic teacher who teaches seven classes and puts such a burden and stress in terms of wear and tear at uh, that the hormonal system that they become skinny fat right yep. like they're the worst they can go all day but they can't do a damn thing yep. you know in terms of intensity because they go all day at you know this you know they're burning themselves up right and so yep. crossfit came when they were like look how many pull-ups can you do right you know, can you lift yourself over that bar or can you not and yeah. so this no BS approach was so welcome at that time that you had the intense people do it. And all a movement needs is intense mavens to, to, to love it and actually do it. Look yeah. at Scientology. I mean, Scientology <laughs> is a great example. How many Scientologists do you know? I know zero, uh, right? Zero. Yep. And, 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 but, but look at it. It's a huge empire, right? Because there's enough nutty people out there confused enough to 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 want to participate, you know, create this little cult that's completely preposterous, founded on just a you know on a on a fiction by a guy who you know his main goal in life was to just key in as many words as possible and then not pay taxes. I mean, it's just yeah. preposterous, right? Well, and it's uh it's part of the thing where something is better than nothing. Like it boils down to that concept so like well, in a theory it, yeah. i had a i had a personal training client in new york city who said something great she she had uh you know different nannies for her child and she said i don't care what the theory is as long as the nanny has a theory because right. it's the it's the theory not the actuality of it that protects the child so one of them was like oh you got to bundle up the infant you know and swaddle them up and you know when they go outside and the other one was like no you gotta you gotta give them fresh air and don't blanket them up and she was just like, I don't care. You know, you got the theory that that's going to protect the child. It's sort of ironic, but there's, there's an element of truth in that, right? Yeah. That, that you need something concrete to believe in that anchors your thoughts, actions, deeds, and life. Right. And, that's, and that's part of the reason why there's such cognitive dissonance is because when somebody's paradigm is shattered, it's too difficult. The mental construct, you know, when these LSD experiments were happening a long time ago, and you give some straight-laced, you know, 
you know, crew cut guy who's wearing a white shirt, you know, trousers and a tie, a hit of acid and he doesn't know what's happening. And now all of a sudden the walls start breathing and talking to him. He jumps out the window because it's too much for his psyche that has not been prepared to accept this radical shattering of paradigm. All of yeah. a sudden he's, you know, he's, he's possessed by demons and needs to run away and, you know, he kills himself. Whereas, you know, the happy go lucky guy at Burning Man has a great trip. Yeah. Right? Just because how they were prepared to meet that experience was either, you know, prepared them or not. And so right. what's happening in the fitness industry right now is you have more than 12 years of, of absolute asinine instruction foist upon the industry with intellectual intimidation by this cabal, the incestuous little circle of people who look at each other, pat each other on the back and say, the core doesn't generate power, that the core must be braced neutral to run, right? And so, and they, and they myopically have, have dug themselves in so entrenched in that position that it misinforms the very foundation of how they train. And they, they presented it in a way where they're going to thumb their nose and look down on you unless you accept the fact that anti is the new core training, right? Sure. So you will be ridiculed by the bullies <laughs> in your class who are smarter than you because they have a CS, CS, and you only have an ACE or whatever the hell else you have. So the CS, CS becomes this like, oh, like, oh, that's the credential that matters. And it turns out they don't know jack shit. Oh, sorry, I don't want to swear. No, it's fine. Go ahead. You know, you got a bunch of dummies, right? Yeah. A bunch of dummies. And, you know, and I'll say it because I'm not afraid yeah. because I can back it up, right? And, you know, oh, well, the arms do not contribute to, you know, to, to force production. Uh, you know, they, they cancel each other out as one goes up, one goes down. And, oh, well, I have peer-reviewed research that says that. Oh, well, you know, stride frequency is a constant on our high-speed treadmill. So, you know, oh, da, 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 da. I mean, it's just like, really? Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's. And you're not attracting the best and the brightest. The guy who majored in gym class is not as smart as the guy who majored in chemistry or, or the guy who's running a hedge fund. You know, he does push-ups, but he didn't study push-ups and master push-ups. Right? And, and, you know, it's a broad generalization. There are smart people in exercise. But generally speaking, the IQ level of the pool of, you know, of trainers and strength coaches is not as high as if you were to go, you know, on wall street or somewhere else. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I, and I say this in the controversial manner that it is because it incites this, it provokes this emotional response. Right. So now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden I have either picked, I've either picked the scab that is covering your ignorance or I have delighted you because you, you know, you're healed and you see the insight. And you, you're, you're entertained by seeing these people get what's coming to them, right? right. And so for me, the anti-rotationist, this little you know, circle, who are the guys who, who soured on the BOSU ball, and all of a sudden it became that it makes athletes weaker and slower based upon a pivotal, seminal, definitive, quote-unquote definitive study by Eric Cressy that didn't even use BOSU balls. I mean, it's just like so unbelievable, the story. Yeah. But, but who gives a shit, right? The narrative is set. And so, okay, well, you know, who has time to read the study? Let's just read, you know, 
Let's just listen to what this guy said. Yeah. And then let's lump in everything into unstable surfaces. Let's lump it all together into one broad category. I mean, a grass, a grass turf, uh, a basketball floor, a cement floor with horse stall mats on it, they're all very similar in terms of their consistency and support, but a balance beam and a wobble board and a bongo board and, you know, and a tightrope and a unicycle and skis and a snowboard. I mean, escape, they're all so different. They're unique skills unto themselves. The BOSU ball is the special one because you're on a dome surface that creates force vectors that are advantageous to you presenting your feet to the ground with a long, with a strong to long approach. So you, you now learn how to ride on the outside edge of the foot to initiate the contract where the contact where the skeleton is strong and then depart it from the big toe second toe third toe which is the long part of the foot and the dome helps you do that so you're able to actually you know coordinate better ground contact from this unique surface and it's stable you can jump up and down on the damn thing do that on some kind of a bongo board you you bust your butt yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. And, so, and, and then the study that Eric Cressy did was on Dynadiscs, which if you ever stood on a Dynadisc, you're, you're terrified because you know at any second your ankle's either going to break or you're going to fall on your ass and break your coccyx or your wrist, depending upon which one, you know, hits first. Yep. Right. Yep. Of, of course, of course. And then to not give them any, listen, if you trained exclusively on a Dynadisc for four years, you'd get comfortable on the damn thing because you'd acclimate. Right. Cirque du Soleil person, you know, in a year they have figured it out, as it were. You still wouldn't be able to jump up and down on the damn thing, but at least you wouldn't be all balking and like, you know. So, of course, you're going to get a negative result when you lift a maximum load that you can handle on top of that damn thing. And then, to, and then, and then what happened was this guy T.C. Loma from T Nation, he's, he opportunistically clickbaited the article, because apparently Cressy didn't want to use the name Bosu, but but this T Nation guy who feeds the little fifteen-year-olds who come to his site, you know, the the guy who's thirty but he's fifteen emotionally, so he pumps himself up like a jack off, and and you know, raw meat to him is all oh, Bosu balls suck. So TC Loma names the article Bosu balls, the good, the bad, the ugly, and wasn't even a Bosu ball that's used, and so now it's a Bosu beatdown fest. And now it's time for WEC to, and, and I knew this was happening, but I didn't have the objective like reality that faster's faster yet. Yeah. I, I got the propulsors. You are faster with weights and I'm going to swear. Fuck you. Faster's faster. Yeah. Fuck you. Faster's faster. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Right. Well, where's the science? Go fuck yourself. Right. Go fuck yourself. The faster, <laughs> faster. So I can, so I can stand on a board with that objective reality, and now say, okay, you gonna listen to what else I have to say, asshole? Yeah. Huh? 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 Yeah. You, you, you bash my post. Well, I'll beat you down. I don't care how. Be, I'll beat you down. I'll humiliate you. You'll crawl out of that ring on your knees. You get in a ring with me. Ain't no fucking hater who's ever come into the ring with Weck to bash Bosu balls that has stayed in a ring. They all crawl out on their hands and knees. And T.C. Loma, T.C. Loma, who the fuck? 
You know what that guy probably yeah, that guy that guy is a coward. He's a coward. Because he he opportunistic, you know, he has this site that's you know, just popular, right? He makes his money with traffic to his website, things degenerated into a fucking nonsense, bunch of teen teenager, T-E-E-N nation. Because a bunch of insecure male egos all circled jerking over there. And you see what I'm doing? This yeah. is all part of the performance. <laughs> yeah. This is all part of it. Like the guys listening are here like, holy shit, that guy's fucking nuts. Holy, right. I love it. Or, right. or it's T.C. Loma shitting his pants. Or they right? just, just <laughs> want to see you lose, right? So It's there's, all part of the show. Yeah, so there's like the, the Conor McGregor effect where, you know, there's that's people who want to see him win and there's people who want to see him lose, right? So yeah, That's all it is. But, but everybody wants to see one or the other. And if you're in fitness, you cannot ignore what I'm doing. Right. And so that, you know, man, you got, you got some people that are following you and they're following you for good reasons because they're pushing the limits of what athleticism is. And so there you go. There right. you go. That's the, the key is here. You don't, you can separate the man from the method. You don't have to tune into the 10 minute post. All you, you can watch Chris Chamberlain. You don't even have to go to my Instagram. God, that guy is such right? a savage. Oh my God. Like well, the, so Chris Chamberlain. That, that guy does. You're like, Chris Chamberlain. how is that even possible? <laughs> well, Chris, Chris Chamberlain, he is the director of programming for WEC Method. He has the yeah. choicest position in the history of fitness to be the director of programming for running and reinvented and the foundation for better all things physical. That's who Chris Chamberlain is. And it started through a friend, Chris Daly, who he came in to the lab. I taught him the Royal Coil. He recognized the feeling as someone in tune with their body does. He went home, did the Royal Coil, and he proceeded to bent press a, a kettlebell that he could not do moments before the prime with the Royal Coil. Yeah. And in that moment, in that singular moment, he was like, okay, I need more of this. I need more of this. And so what he did was he just came by every week and I just gave him the next thing to work on. And he rapidly, you know, devoured it. And, you know, it, his assimilation with the ropes was so fast because first of all, he's so intelligent. He's so physically gifted and he's so honest. His integrity is you do not get more integrity than someone like Chris Chamberlain. He will never compromise his integrity. Mm -hmm. So he's never going to please another person if it does not match with what he is intent on doing, which is getting better. Right. And so, and so that was what I recognized that. And I recognized the opportunity that, Good for him, good for me, good for the world. Right. And so, and so what, and I'm, again, I'm just the lucky mouse who got dropped into the bucket of cream and churned, 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 churned and made it into a bucket of butter. Right. That's all I am. Right. And so, but they are like, they're taking these concepts that, that you have created over time and are just like, well, let's see what we can do with this. Yes, it's the foundation. It's that infinitesimal essence. The coiling core is based on now, now back to content now. All right. So I've given everybody sort of the, you know, the, the, the run around to contextualize sort of, you know, the act. I was an actor for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can put this on. I can, I can stop it. I can, you know, I'm, 
there's a method to the madness, trust me when I say, because WEC method is bigger than Nike in 10 years or less. So I'm not competing against the fitness industry. What I'm doing is I'm rounding up the shepherds who are the shepherds of healthcare. And if you look at Nike's business model, what is it? They pay the pros to sell to the Joes. The, the, can you imagine the annual budget in terms of endorsements that Nike has to spend just to stay in business? And yeah. it, trust me, it's expensive to buy the back wall of dicks. It's expensive to buy LSU University such that no athlete can wear anything but a Nike. That costs a lot of money, okay? Mm -hmm. And the endorsement deals, I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars, okay? And think about, think about the markup on <clears throat> shoes. And they have never made and never will make a running shoe that is, is good for a human being's movement. Right. They're the ones who put us in the high-heeled, cushiony foot coffins. And their annual budget, just, just to stay alive and keep the doors open, is astronomical. And now here comes WEC, untouchable, because... I'm making every step stronger for everyone. And yeah. what I know is so far advanced, there's not enough hours in the next 20 years for anyone to even come close, right? To, to knowing what I know, the innovations that I'm offering and the value that I'm providing will help the fitness industry prosper. It, fitness professionals will make more money than ever before because they will provide greater value than ever before and the customer base will grow more than ever before because all of the sudden, something as simple as running sucks turns into running doesn't suck. Yeah. And you don't have to be a runner to train such that you are faster at running and it is more pleasurable and it doesn't hurt. And I'm not a runner. I don't run a loop. I run for transportation. I run for fun. I, yeah. never, go, I never go out for a run. And so what I'm doing is I reinvented running and every, every human being at some point in their life cycle runs. So, okay. And now it's going to be like a language that you speak. It's just a physical body language where you don't even study it. You just absorb it by the people around you, yeah. right? This is going to be a generational transformation where human beings will, 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 will locomote better than they ever have in the history of ever. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. and so, so I make money with the shepherds by helping them make more money to educate billions of people, billions of people, many of them just by proxy who don't have to buy any products from WEC because you can learn just the software for free. But now think about the personal trainer who can now do a running clinic where there's 20 people all paying a healthy, fair price. And that trainer does three of them and walks away with $4,500 in a weekend and they're done by two in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how attractive does that sound? Yeah. And it's realistic because it's a universal market. There, there, there is no other branded running program anymore. All of the ones that are branded now go away. Right? It's just, they're done. Right? Yeah. You don't fall forward to run. You don't brace your core. You don't swing your arms. You don't curl with your hamstrings. You do, you do none of that. Okay, well, what happens to all those coaches? They have to learn WEC. What happens to all the clients? They have to learn WEC. So, so it's, a, it's, it's the greatest opportunity for financial prosperity in an industry where so many people tread water and, and are desperately trying to breathe. You talk about CrossFit. How many CrossFit box owners haven't paid themselves in three years and had to move out of their house and live at the gym? 
right? Now they're divorced because, you know, there wasn't enough money to keep the relationship together. They're miserable doing what they love to do. I mean, it's preposterous, right? You, you don't go into the fitness business to make a fortune. You go in for lifestyle to help people and you love the lifestyle yourself. That's why you went into the business in the first place. And now all of a sudden, here comes a guy who's unifying the industry and he's doing it in a very unique way because he's from New Jersey and he doesn't have the patience to wait for the willfully ignorant to get on board. I don't have 10 years to wait to, 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 to build the unified fitness industry. I got to get this shit done now. Yeah. Because I'm taking on Nike in 10 years and, and I'm putting every Nike, Adidas, all out of business, gone. Gone. <laughs> Toys R Us ain't around no more. Right. It can happen. What happened to IBM? Where's Kodak? <clears throat> right? Yeah. Just because yeah. you're big in the King Kong right now don't mean you get to make it tomorrow. It's a very precarious existence, this Darwinian existence. And when you make shoes that harm the people, yep. that are comfortable so the people don't even feel the pain that 10 million steps causes, so your earache that you have no idea relates to the fact that you took every single step for the past 20 years out of balance, yeah. You, you, but now all of a sudden you get hip to the scam. And that's a, that, the, that is such a huge paradigm shift for me as I started really diving into the foot last year and how important it is. And then started buying the Vivo barefoot shoes and started walking on rocks and unstable surfaces and, and getting my clients and my athletes to start doing it. And like, just, just making your, your foot more, giving your foot more strength and more resilience and just putting it in contact with the ground is so incredibly beneficial for the rest of your body. It's just bananas. And so it's just so it's the soles <clears throat> of your feet, the right. soles, the very souls that interact with mother earth. And if you right. can't get that right, what the hell else can you get right? But then you start looking around and you're like, how does nobody make shoes that look like your foot? And act like your foot how does nobody do well, that it's the, you know, the, yeah, the answer like, is the answer is simple the answer is ignorance because if yeah. they did know they would but they don't right. know so they don't and they can't know because they don't understand the mathematics of movement and the next product that i'm launching the WEC deck changes everything yeah the WEC the WEC deck <clears throat> becomes the ubiquitous training surface that makes every step stronger for everyone and you just ask when when chris chamberlain the man of such physical prowess, intellectual capacity, and an un, unrelenting integrity says, I want to do every lift that I do on the WEC deck. That speaks volumes to the, to the efficacy and value of the WEC deck. Right. And I, I feel the same way because I feel the truth. And my body is very keen and tuned to know the truth. And I can tell you unequivocally right now that there is not a single shoe on the market today that optimizes your experience with locomotion. There are better and there are worse, but, and, you know, and there are significantly better, but you also have to remember that the transition to the quote unquote barefoot unencumbered, you know, uh, you know, gate. That, it, it takes time. You got to meet people where they are. You can't just take some guy who's been in the high heel cushiony foot coffins for 25 years and throw them into a pair of, you know, minimal shoes and, and expect them to, to, to survive. Yeah. That's like 
That's like throwing you in, you know, you don't know how to swim. We'll dive in the deep end and see how you do. Yep. Right? Oh, oh you never run before. Well, go run a marathon. It's just, it's, you, you, you have to do warm-up fights, right? You need to know the progressive, and then you need to know what to do with your feet. Yeah. And so, and I know all this stuff. And so I, I will design the greatest footwear ever known to humanity. I will do this. It will be functional and it will meet, it will be progressive. It will meet every individual where they are and put them on the path to perfect with the full understanding and a realism that if you're 65 years old, you will never get to perfect. Okay. You, you've been abused by the shoe companies inadvertently and, and advertently in some cases, I'm sure they don't care. It's style. It's fashion. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's style, it's fashion. And then, I mean, you know, if you, if you're a company and you spend more than a year with all the man and woman power and the financial resources to, to make shoes that lace themselves because you had a pair of them in the movie back to the future. And that's what you're spending your resources doing. Well, then you are a joke. You are a, you are a disgrace to, to, to enhancing biomechanics, a well, disgrace. That's the, that's the interesting thing is that we, all of these technological innovations, whatever they are, are trying to take us further away from being humans. And what we are trying to do as practitioners of athleticism is bring everybody back. And yes, so, and yes, the, that's exactly it. Those are the shepherds. Those yep. are the shepherds. And yep. you know who's going to be a very powerful shepherd for the movement? Mike Boyle. Mike Boyle will get on board. I listened to the the podcast of Naudi Aguilar of Functional Patterns and Brett Contreras, the glute guy. Because I'm a fitness geek. I've read a ton through the years, right? I'm very voracious and I can read very fast. So I've studied, you know, I haven't studied them all, but I've studied a lot and I enjoy the soap opera. I like the drama. I like the fights. I, I, I was on the inside of the collapse of the first wave of the RKC master instructors when Pavel Sutzlin, you know, when, 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 all the, the, you know, when all the first officers mutinied and left. I saw that drama unfold. I've yeah. seen behind the curtain. I've, se- I've seen the truth of Pavel Sutzlin, who is to be commended for the unbelievable accomplishment of putting the kettlebell on the map. Without him, it's not on the map. But right. I know who put the idea in his ear. And I know the backstory. And I know that he is an amazing actor. And that whole evil Russian shtick, it's an act. In the same way that I'm performing, or similar in the fact that I am performing, his was a performance. It's just a performance. And, and I saw it all firsthand. Pavel Sutzling has deadlifted in my backyard for anybody out there who thinks I don't know what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. So you, you're in the RKC. Has he deadlifted in your backyard? Yeah. Have you gone to breakfast, breakfast with Pavel and showed him one of your new inventions? Like, have you ever done that? Mr. Mr. Oh, I'm in strong first, so I'm in a cult and I like to bash Weck in his Bosu ball? Like, is that... They, somebody, somebody in my office came in a couple of years back and they're like, oh man, this is really bad. Oh my gosh. You know, we got a hold of this, you know, forum post that, you know, they're bashing you in strong first. And I just started laughing. I'm like, this is perfect. I love it. So I joined the forum. I look at the bashing and I, you know, I write, you know, a 10 mile long post 
And of course, management deletes the thing, you know, immediately, but I screenshotted it, right? Yeah. Because I went in there and I shut them up. I shut them up, put them in their place and management. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ha, ha. Because it's just, it's all politics. It's yep. all politics. So I know, right? And guys like that, they're terrified of me because I'm not afraid. Right. His act is a, his act is a, is a mirage. Of oh, oh comrade, oh, oh, and I'm not saying that he I, he's made huge contributions, so he's to be commended. I'm just telling you the facts behind the scenes. My act is one of fearless madman who will say anything because he don't care because there is no retribution, and I got the goods to back it up. So when I say I'm the king of locomotion, I am. Yeah. So tough shit, asshole. Yeah. I don't care that you don't like me. You're doing my stuff. That's yep. who I am, right? I'm right. your daddy. I'm your daddy is who I am. And when I say it that way, I'm the bully who's bullying the bully until everybody's on the same team and then we won't, then I won't bully. And the reason why I brought up this now, the Aguilar, Brett Contreras, great debate. They had a great debate is because those guys were the most bitter, vitriolic enemies you could imagine in the, you know, in the keyboard wars back when it was written and not spoken. Now it's spoken. Who the hell wants to read? You listen to a podcast, it's fun. It's easy. I can drive in a car. I don't have to stare at the damn screen and do the work of reading. The spoken word is for the first time since forever more powerful than the written word. Martin Luther tacked up the freaking, you know, the Gutenberg press, you know, manifesto there on all the doors of the churches. And that's when, you know, the printing press and the written word that's when it was like, okay, that's the power. But now it's the spoken word. Yep. We're back to speaking. It's so easy. It's so easy. Yep. I, can, I can speak at stream of consciousness level. I don't have to, I'm not balking, right? I'm not writing, which takes more time and more skill. And nobody has to read this because they can just listen to it. It's so easy to assimilate. The, the, the people who can read complex, long information versus the number of people who can listen to complex, long information and, and ver read it versus listen to it is more than a hundred to one. Yeah. There's not one in a hundred who can actually do the, the hard work of reading complex, long material, but there's 90 out of a hundred who can listen to it. Right. And if, and, it's, then, if, and if it's a subject of interest, well, then that's all you want to listen to. People tell me, they're like, dude, I wake up in the morning and I, the first thing I do is I go to your Instagram. Because if you think my Instagram is like it's an audio book that forces you to turn the page. Right. So it's, it's, not a podcast, it's not a podcast where, you, you know, two minutes can go by, I can leave the room, I can come back. And, you know, okay, the story's advanced. My stories on Instagram are 10 minutes long mostly, and you got to turn the page. Yeah. So you're engaged. You're either engaged or you are not. It is right. binary. Well, and the bit, the benefit about listening is that you can listen more than once because. Oh, dear God bless. Yeah. You can listen more than once and you can do other things. Yeah. I and mean, it's, it's, it's it, uh, you know, there's, there's been, you know, we live in this age of information and if you're not using today's technology to gather information, then you're missing out. But Oh my gosh. Oh I've my had, gosh. I've had I, podcasts that have, like as I'm listening to it, it's like I can feel my brain restructuring around this new idea of, you know, how the body works or whatever it is. And then I can just rewind and rewind and rewind and listen to 
listen to it until I assimilate the information to the point where I understand the concept because, you know, I can learn something, but if you understand the concept, then, you know, you're off to the races, which is what exactly. you're Right. So right. now let's, and, and yeah. right. And brass tacks concept, right? The skeleton, right? It's the bones, right? The bones are the strongest part of your body. And so basically the spinal engine, that's Grakovetsky's great contribution is the mechanism by which, you know, okay, frontal plane flexion is that which sets it all into motion. It all happens at the same time. So there's the irony, right? So there's not, oh, well, it's a frontal plane action. Yeah, that's what sets it into motion. It's all happening at the same time, but it's the frontal plane flexion with that lordotic curve in the lumbar spine that creates the counter rotation, the axial counter rotation that makes underhand circles with your shoulders and overhand circles with your hips. And when you make overhand circles with your hips, you don't need your legs to walk, <laughs> right? You can walk without legs when you use your core the way that it is efficient and meant to do. And if you watch any fast person or any aboriginal person who has not been corrupted by just you know being exposed to a bunch of numb nuts who don't know how to move <laughs> or trained by a bunch of numb nuts and aren't athletically intelligent enough to undo the damage that was done in every single training session that was ever conducted. And I'm talking about exos. I'm talking about the best of the best of the best. Brace your core, zip it up. Okay, do your fucking PP press. Resist, okay, swing your arms, brace your core. Yeah, do your A skips, brace your core, keep it tight, keep it tight. And then the guy goes and runs a 40 and he's coiling the core all over the place. I mean, yeah. it's just in head over foot. Yep. And they do, and listen, and they're the best of the best. I'm sure they feed the guys well. I'm sure they get, you know, tell them how to do their interview real well. But when it comes to biomechanics, they are as ignorant as Mike Boyle. Because Mike Boyle's the one who taught him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's inflammatory. I'm being inflammatory, aren't I? Right. It gets attention, right? And we're all going to make up in the same. This podcast with Naudi Aguilar and Brett Contreras, they could not have been more friendly. You know, hey, bro, yeah, I, I so much respect your work. I'm so sorry about what happened before. That's all going to happen with me. People don't forgive me. I had an agenda. I had an agenda, and I tried the Mr. Nice Guy approach. It doesn't work. I'm sorry, right? Yeah. The, the expert who will be displaced with better information will not put down, they will not step off the stage unless you get a hook and pull them off the stage. Right. They will not do that. So the spinal engine, it is frontal plane flexion. It is so easy. That is the coiling core. And we just distill it down to essence by doing the following. You identify the central axis of rotation of your core on each side of the body, which is on the side where the ninth rib meets the side of your body. That is the central axis of rotation that remains the same relative to the shoulder moving down and back and the same side hip moving up and forward. It is literally that simple. You optimize the function of the locomotive lats that are the key to locomotion, and you do it ipsilaterally, so I don't give a damn 
that the fibers of the right lat coincide with the directional fibers of the left glute. Okay, so what? Tell me something that I don't know. I don't care that your, your, your internal oblique and your external oblique have these fibers. that do. I don't care about the Serapi effect. I could give a shit. It is not instructive for me getting to the distilled essence. It's true. Cut the fucking muscles. It, it, you won't work as well. I get it. When your brain Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson is the lat. The lat is Bo Jackson. You give Bo Jackson the ball. You don't give it to some, you know, other player. You make sure the other player doesn't jump off sides. Make your block, which you will when you give Bo Jackson the ball. Your lats are Bo Jackson. Coil the core to its essence, and everything gets immediately better. Immediately better. You are stronger. You are faster. You are healthier. You feel better. Your lower back doesn't hurt. It is so simple because it is the distilled essence. It is the infinitesimal concentration of the coil about the central axis that is the ninth rib on the side of your body. Shoulder goes down and back. Same side hip goes up and forward. It couldn't be simpler. And you don't need to buy a product from Weck, the guy with all his gadgets. You could just do the royal coil. That's all you need to do. And you get better at whatever the hell you want to do including lift heavy weights with a bilateral sagittal braced core and neutral as you, you know, circle jerk with Stuart McGill. Right? It doesn't matter. Okay. That's it doesn't the, matter. WEC makes you better. Well, and that's the thing is that your body. You better. And that, that, that's the undeniable truth that'll, that gives me the leeway to play the part this way. Right. So your brain doesn't think in, striations of muscle or what muscle you're moving it only thinks of movement and so no but no but but here's what it is here's what it is there's certain muscles where it only thinks in movement because it's it's reflexive like so the little tiny intrinsic muscles of your spine you, you can't think in terms of what they're doing they have to do what they do which right. is why this <coughs> anti-rotation nonsense is so invisibly harmful because you're discombobulating their job, which is to balance the articulation of the spine, not to lock it down. They, they got to play the piano keys with the fingers. They don't freaking take the forearms and slam down on 88 keys <laughs> like an idiot that yeah. Mike Boyle invented. He invented this exercise. It's, it's insanity. And so now, and then you 50-50 the lats to, resi to resist a twist in the transverse plane, not bump to the frontal plane, which you still don't go 50-50 idiot. It, it, it violates martial science and it violates the laws of locomotion, idiot. Yeah. And he's not stupid, but he's an idiot yeah. because he's willfully ignorant and he's teaching everybody. And again, it's inflammatory strategically, strategically. Yeah. Yep. Everybody, you know, oh, well, you know, you're becoming a bully. You're goddamn right I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to beat his ass around a playground until every single one of his little minions says, oh, 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 okay. Right? Yeah. Because then that makes him change. And now, June 7th is the big day. That's when Mike Boyle has to stand on the stage at a Perform Better uh, three-day summit. You know, his session opens it up, baby, 9.15 in the morning, Orlando, Florida, June 7th. Get your tickets now because he stands on the stage and he presents current concepts in core training. Current concepts in core training. And that is his opportunity to shine or it is his opportunity to burn up in flames 
one or the other. And if he doesn't answer the question, what about WEC? What about coiling cord training? He goes down in flames. He can still rise like the phoenix out of the ashes that of his ruin. He can still do that. And he will at the end of the day. I'm not concerned with his well-being. He's going to do just fine. He will do better with WEC after all this regardless. But that is the time. And yeah. it's, it couldn't be queued up perfect, more perfectly. Yep. It's been head in the sand. And all I do is I just keep posting every day. Okay, here's Mike Boyle. Oh, here's Mike Boyle. I posted a really funny movie preview this morning on Instagram. That's really funny. I was laughing out loud. Yeah, I right? saw that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it, this summer, da-da-da. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so, and basically, coiling core train is the foundation of it all. It is the distilled essence of locomotive rotation. And now with limit force elastics, let's talk about that real quick. What that is, is everything you do limit force elastics, you funnel to the coil. You have to integrate everything with the coil. It's how you get better at bilaterally bracing. You will increase your back squat by doing coiling core. Okay, so all the guys who want to do that, and the fact that WEC is now best friends with Donnie Thompson and the thousand pound bench pressers and you know the guys who are strong because Weck makes them stronger with his BOSU ball that is actually a strength and power training tool when you apply limit force elastics compressing it. The secret to limit force elastics is that change happens only at the boundary, at the border of capacity. And when you apply force, maximum force, to elastics, either compressing a ball that is elastic or elongating a band or spring or whatever the hell else that is elastic or bending a stick mobility that has elasticity is the acceleration factor associated with that force is exponentially increasing from the elastic. And a slingshot with 100 pounds of pull will send the marble to the ground so much faster than the 100-pound dumbbell that you drop. So there's your visual. Imagine that, how much faster the 100-pound marble gets to the ground than the 9.8 meters per second squared acceleration from gravity acting on a mass, okay? So same, same force, much different acceleration factor that's exciting the nervous system, okay? So it's, it's linear the same in terms of the force that we can measure, but the acceleration factor is exponentially higher now. Couple that with the fact that when you pull that marble, the slingshot, to 200 pounds of force, it gets to the ground a lot faster than the 100 pounds of force. That's half the distance. And if you look at the equation, power equals the force divided by the time multiplied by the distance. I make the F, the force, bigger. 200, not 100. I make the time smaller. The denominator is smaller, well, then that equation is bigger. The fraction is much bigger if I divide the time into less. And now I multiply it by the distance, which is bigger. And now the P gets as big as it can possibly be. And it is at your personal limit. It is self-regulating. It will meet anybody where they are in the right here, right now reality of where the hell is your limit. Define the joint angle and go as hard as you possibly can. Three seconds for a prime, as long as you want for training. And then with compression, set up the stance, 
45 stance. You're going to compress the dome through the green dots. That's the fourth and fifth metatarsals right behind the pinky and the fourth toe. And then you set up the spine and shin angles. They are congruent. They match each other. And you squeeze the living hell out of that BOSU ball like you're trying to pop it. And you feel your glutes light up as hot or hotter than you'll get in Brett Contreras' glute lab because you're compressing the hell out of it with that position. Centerline strength. You train the adductors to perform better at their dual function at the same joint, which is to both flex and extend the same joint. It's the one muscle group that flexes and extends the, because the locomotion is a figure eight pattern. That's what I'm talking about. That's limit force elastics, all right? And it is the new invention for how we train with elastics now. And so that's what it's, that's that. It is that. That's that. That's that. It's how you use a BOSU ball. You could do it with your hands too, and you can combine the coil with it. And then we have two other core exercises with the BOSU ball. One, which is a flat jack. You lay out on it supine with your heels on the ground, your feet wider than your hips and shoulders because we want to root the base of the lat. And we do a jumping jack motion at the right leverage point where it's really, really hard to do, but you breathe easy so you differentiate the, the tension of your core and your body with the ease of the diaphragmatic action so that now when you're tired, you're not tired because you can still breathe when you're tired. So you've differentiated the inside and the outside. And then we have a ski jumper that gives you what we call the Jurassic thoracic. Jurassic thoracic. We all have the lumbar, well, most of us have that lordotic curve of the lumbar spine but we have kyphotic in the thoracic so what we're going to do is we're going to open up that kyphotic to make it as lordotic influence as we possibly can so you move like a raptor and your back becomes this one unified unit so your your, your shoulders is like now leverage to your sacrum that's how strong you are and then you call your core and you're faster as shit and that's what that is jurassic thoracic all right and so that's what we do with the BOSU ball. Got it, assholes? And then we do balance and reflexive work, and then just jump rope on the fucking thing, right? Just get good at it. Just do it. It's so fucking easy. You do that. Okay, no problem, right? And now do a little bit of recovery with your eyes closed, trying to do less, right? Turn and tilt your head, upset the vestibular without the visual, eyes closed, and now feel the proprioception of, proprioception of that strong part of the foot initiating ground contact to the long part of the foot and do it with the safety that the little lizard brain inside you is going to keep you alive no matter what the hell you try to do unless you take dramatic actions and pull a trigger and jump off a fucking bridge you'll hold your breath you, you by volition you cannot kill yourself unless you do something dramatic you can't do it through bodily function right so now that's going to keep you alive and it you ain't under threat so the lizard can chill out and learn how to seek the solution rather than go right to the protective brace. And you can stretch seconds and you can make them longer. So that your reaction response is shorter to a stimulus because you can drop your weight. You can send that weight to the ground. And then you learn how to pulse your arms. You don't swing your arms when you run. Look at an athletic person. They're going to go head over foot and both hands are going to pulse down when they jog slow. That's what athletic people do. They don't go to Romanoff's run clinic fall forward and pull their hamstrings and, and swing their arms they don't do that oh well i succeeded with pose running yeah it's because you didn't do pose running 
It's, it's just it's Inspector Cluzo. He doesn't know that damn thing. I mean, it's just Mr. Frickin' Magoo who falls off the I-beam because it doesn't come together anymore because Weck is in town. And I'm harsh because it's real. And I will not accept this, 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 this ignorance to stay pervasive in the industry. I will not accept it. I will not allow it. I will impose my will. And that's why I invented propulsors. Weights that make you faster. You are faster carrying weights now. What? Really? You're insane. Yeah, I am crazy, but I invented weights that make you faster. Fuck you, fasters, faster. Fuck you, faster, faster. Hey, coach, can I run this 60-yard dash with these weights? No, kid, you're an idiot. You're going to be slower. Okay, coach, well, if I run one without, can I run the next one with? Yeah, sure. Do whatever the hell you want, kid. Kid times a 7-0 in the first one empty-handed. He times a 6-8 in the next one with the propulsors in his hand. 12 ounces in each hand, and he runs faster. Coach starts to scratch his head. Huh, maybe this is something real. Yeah, because the clock said so. Mike Boyle didn't have to say so. Well, where's your research? Go fuck yourself. If, if I did my own research, I would be accused of being a cigarette company. Well, where's your research? Oh, well, I did a study and here it is. They're like, well, you did your own research. It's biased. You, 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 know, you're, you, you had confirmation bias when you started the study. I can't win either way, so I don't play their game. I come on the stage and I rant and I rave and I holler and I, I preach and I teach and I scream. And it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I get to be Randy Macho Man Savage. And <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think that's a great place to end it because, you know, I just met you, but I know that you could probably go like this for hours. So uh, I go like this forever. You should see you should see me coming into the WEC Method Lab every single day. I'm like, all right, check this out. <laughs> hey, well, next time I'm in San Diego, I'll stop by. Yes. Hey, listen, thanks for this opportunity. I oh, want to man. apologize to the listening audience out there. This was not a kid-friendly podcast. So cover the ears of the babes. This is not for them. Weck will Weck has stopped swearing, but this one got particularly heated. This is speaking to an extremely intelligent audience who can handle the truth. So that's why Weck did what he did. How ridiculous is it that I talk in the third person? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hey, it's all part of the show, man, and that's that's why people are so that's why people are so drawn to you. So you know. <laughs> Obviously, people will find you. You're most active on Instagram, correct? The the WEC method. And so now, what's happening now is we're, we're doing the, we're we're undergoing the transition where what what's going to happen is now we're going to start to like bring it all together and formalize like sort of you know really good advertising and conventional advertising. So you know that's the you know what we do is my business is is bifur trifurcated. So we have a licensing arm of the business, we have our own proprietary products of the business and then we got WEC, right? And I'm the R&D, I'm the X factor that that creates the opportunity that's bigger than Nike. And so in 10 years or less, and what it is is our our proprietary products we have, you know, it's the conventional advertising. It's okay, here's the ad, you know, okay, they click through, what percentage, how do they get here, what's the second email, what's this, blah, blah, blah. And we do really well, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's multi-million dollar business because that's just what business is. Now, what I said is I, I turned to my CEO, Marty, and I said, listen, Marty, if I got hit by a bus, can you make this multi-million dollar company? He said, absolutely, yes, I can. So, all right, good. I'm going to go into my little layer and I'm going to launch these propulsors and I'm going to build... I'm going to build an army of shepherds my way. 
right? Because I can't do conventional advertising. I suck at it. I'm just, I'm too honest to do it and I don't have the patience for it. So what I'm doing is I'm breaking all the rules because it works. Yeah. Results rule, rules don't work, rule. And this works. And this is happening so much faster than if, if oh, well, I'm just going to stay in my lane and let the work speak for itself. And then some guy in like fucking uh, Virginia is going to be teaching my stuff, branding it his stuff, and that ain't going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) We got to cut this because we went way over what we were supposed to, and I don't want to get this cut off. So thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you so much. All right. Likewise. That was awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. You're very welcome, my friend. And I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir.